So if you had to restart everything over again with zero dollars, what would be the fastest way to get to your first hundred thousand? Okay, so for today's special guest, we have my guy Peter Kraus. Man. Hey, everybody. How are you? <laughs> it's not a bad backdrop, huh? Wow. <laughs> I'm excited for this one, guys. Pretty so cool. this is only the sixth episode, and check out the background. We're starting the podcast a little bit different today. Right, we got this intro, we got this beautiful background behind us. I hope you guys really enjoy this one, man. Stay tuned, let's go. What's up guys and welcome back to another episode of the Don't Sleep Podcast. I am your host Dylan Sangley and today we have a very special guest, one of my new friends, Peter Krause. Hey buddy. <laughs> Good to see you. Yes sir, yes welcome, sir. Welcome to the house of Rob too, by the way, by the Rob Report, it's really man, cool. This gotta be one of the most beautiful backgrounds that yeah. we ever had on the podcast. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, and shout out. I want to give uh, Rob Report was kind enough to let us use this venue. They've been having this uh, House of Rob event all week since Sunday night. Been here every day. <laughs> been enjoying their hospitality. So though. thank you. It's been amazing. Been amazing. <laughs> right? Right. Been amazing. We just had uh, Jensen Button, Wolfgang Puck, uh, Renee Zellweger was just through here. So it's been wow. a great crowd of people. Wow. A lot of fun. Man, so this kind of happened really fast, right? We just met on Thursday last week. Officially, yeah. yeah right, yeah. officially. We, we were chatting bumped, a little bit before that. Right, yeah. we always bump shoulders here and there, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Blake Wynn because crazy enough, that Wednesday before we met on that Thursday, Blake Wynn was on my podcast. That's right. Right? And then we met on, we met officially, like you said, on Thursday. Right. And then on Saturday was the concourse. Yeah. Over here. Oh, a blur. Same spot. <laughs> it's just all a blur. Right. And now yeah. we're here. And now we're here. Now we're here. That's awesome. So um, let's get into the meat of the podcast, man. Yeah. I got to, like I said, I got I got a little cheat sheet because okay. I know you got a lot of uh, a lot of value to provide well, to the audience. Well, thank you. I appreciate right that. So, um, you know, for the people that don't know who you are, please uh, let them know your background and what you do. Yeah. Again, my name is Peter Kraus. Um, so I guess I'd consider myself a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, I've always built and scaled businesses throughout my 30 plus year career. Uh, started out as a sales and marketing guy. I'd say that's really my sort of first passion, first love. But then I parlayed that into growing and building businesses. Um, long story as short as I can make it for a podcast, we, partners and I built a very large successful manufacturing business. And we became the largest gift card manufacturer in the world. So every gift card that you've touched, I've probably made at one point or another. Uh, Starbucks, Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, all the big box stores, all the retailers that you know and love, uh, all the restaurant chains, you name it. Interestingly, where we started in the business is we actually make uh, all the hotel key cards. Right. So check in at a Hilton, a Marriott, or any of the properties here in Las Vegas, and that access card, as it's referred to, that key card, was us also. So by the time we sold the business in 2018, we were making... 1.5, 1.6 billion cards a year. So McDonald's has that thing, billions and billions served. We used to like to say, well, you know, they ain't got nothing on us. Um, we were doing billions of cards a year, which was really exciting and really cool. Um, and, and what I've become known for now, and I have a consulting practice, and that's what I kind of do now, uh, where I spend a lot of my time, is just helping businesses kind of find that extra gear, find that extra level to level up, which is what I love to say. Uh, and then helping executives level up their business, but also level up in life themselves. Uh, and that's something that I have a lot of fun doing and I really take a lot of pride in doing as well. You know, I watched a few of your consulting videos and I've gotten a lot of value from them, right? Um, I'm just curious, why don't you post more content? You know what I mean? I think yeah. I saw on another podcast, you said that you consume a lot of YouTube content, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like you gotta get more out there. You know, it's funny. So when you're, when you're busy building, a, a, you know, what I'd call a traditional business, that's just not something that really enters your mind. And, and also a lot of what you're doing and a lot of your knowledge is applied towards growing, scaling, building your own business. And there also isn't a lot of desire, if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves, there isn't a lot of desire to share that knowledge, right? Because that's kind of the secret sauce <laughs> exactly. of what makes you and your exactly. business grow and succeed, right? Okay. So it's only, I think and this isn't true of everybody, but I'm only speaking about my experience. What I find is that once you sort of exit sort of that main normal business life, you're like, I've got so much knowledge, I've got so much experience, and I want to mentor and share that with other people. I love that. 
So that. now, as I've embarked on this consulting journey, because I never really saw myself as a consultant, mm -hmm. um, and there's pros and cons to that, we could talk about that a little bit, but um, mentoring and coaching, I absolutely love. Like, people ask me, like, what gets you out of bed now every day? That's what gets me out of bed every day. Because right you get now. to help others. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, you know, it isn't as just, I, you know, it's not charity helping others. That's, that's, I do charity work and philanthropic work as well. Um, but I don't, you know, I, you ask any professional sporting coach, any, any, you know, baseball, football, soccer coach, and they love just coaching and watching people become the best versions of themselves, right? So that's something I've always been passionate about within my own businesses. And now I get to share that differently. So I'm doing more podcasts. I'm sharing more knowledge. Now to your answer your question, I need to do. I need to share Man, more content. You're going to get a lot of content. Out of well, I, I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Yes, uh, but no, I, I, I need to do more of it. It's, I, look, this is, like you said, selfishly, I consume... God, I don't even know. I mean, dozens of videos and content a day, hundreds a month. Right. Uh, and, but I just haven't found the time or the inclination at times to do it myself. But that's that's going to change. Man, I got you. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so let's take it back to yeah. before you went before you were an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, what did you enjoy doing as a young teenager? You know what I mean. What got you wow. into entrepreneurship? So this is going to sound like a weird, uh, maybe, I don't know. I, it's, this is going to be a very honest answer. Okay. I never said, well, there were times I wanted to be, you know, as we're growing up, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a lawyer. I want to, Same here. okay, fine. We all did Same that. <laughs> but I'll be honest. When people ask me as, at a young age, what do I want to be when I grow up? No joke. My answer was rich. Wow. It was a very honest answer. <laughs> maybe even more honest than I realized. <laughs> yeah. Because it sounds really kind of obnoxious if you think about it right. you know as a young teen in particular go oh, I want to be okay who doesn't want to be rich right mm -hmm. but I really did and, and then it was about figuring out okay well how am I gonna get there how am I gonna do that um, I can go work for a company have a career you know build a good whatever but you're only gonna make so much working only for other people Correct. So then you, you know, the analytical mind goes, okay, well then, okay, if that's not gonna work, I gotta pick a different lane. I gotta go a different direction. Um, and that's, that's what set me on that journey was, if I go the traditional path, I'm gonna get traditional results. If I, go a, if I go off the beaten path, you know, they all say there's that safe zone, that safe spot. Outside of that is where the magic happens, right? right? So that comfort zone is where too many people spend their time and they get at best mediocre, maybe average, maybe above average results. Right. I wasn't looking for average. I wasn't looking for even above average. Um, you know, I, I, ha I always liked expensive things. <laughs> I always wanted expensive things, yep. clothes, cars, watches. And I know that sounds materialistic and to some people right. stupid. Right. But I did. It's just, you want, it. it's just I wanted it. Wanted. And, and, yeah. and I set about figuring out, okay, how am I going to go get it? And how am I going to go make that money to, to, to earn and be able to have those things? And right. And you've done that already. I have. <laughs> like what you told me before. Yeah. Go big or go home. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Go big or go home. Man, but I, I love that though because you know there's a famous quote that said, "If you don't build your own dream, someone else will hire you to build theirs." That's correct. Right. Very and, correct. You know, when I heard that quote when I was 18 years old, I was like, "Man, you know what I mean? I worked one job in my life for one month as a medical scribe. Initially, what I wanted to do was be a cardiologist." Right. Right, I wanted to be in the medical field. I'm Filipino, full Filipino. You know what I mean? So it's almost a requirement. You know, it is. Right, <laughs> everyone, it. almost everyone in my family is, is in the medical field. Right, right. And um, you know, I told myself I want to build my own business. Right, I want to do my own thing. Right. And uh, you know, I took, I, I went to college for two years, took a break, and you know, I've I've done so many different things that, like, I couldn't even imagine. Right from you know, some of the biggest partnerships with eBay, Facebook, Meta, um, YouTube, you know, some of the biggest things like, sure. I, I would have never even known that I would, I would be here right now. And I, I would never even known if I, I would be sitting here with yeah. you right now. <laughs> no, that's just very true. Right. No, it's, look, I, I tell everybody, look, and I want to be clear here too, I work for companies and I work for people and there's a lot that can be learned, a lot of data, information, knowledge that can be gleaned from that. Mm -hmm. I've had good mentors. 
And that's why I wanted to give back and be a great mentor as well, because I had other great mentors, you know, myself. Um, so, you know, we all take, not all, many of us take the traditional path to start, but then it's having the courage to break out and say, now when am I going to take a risk? When am I going to really jump off that cliff without the parachute maybe even and, and try to do something different, try to do something unique, or at least something that's going to generate the kind of, you know, income and opportunity that I'm really looking for. You got to feel forward. That's it. Right? Always. <laughs> and, and you know this, and I know a lot of this has been said by a lot of other people, but, you know, failure is an opportunity to learn. There is no success without failure. We've all heard these things before, but it's, it's absolutely true. Right. Um, some of my best lessons have come from my greatest failures, not from my greatest successes. I like that. Um, and I really encourage people, like, and that's what I say to my own kids and my, the people around me and my closest circle is, don't be afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. Embrace the failure. J you know, again, jump skin your knee, bruise your elbow, whatever, because that's the only way you're going to know and that's the only way you're going to learn. Um, and even if it's you learn, okay, I'm not going to do that again. That, that didn't work out. That kind of sucked. That's an important lesson. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you had to restart everything over again with zero dollars, what would be the fastest way to get to your first hundred thousand? Wow. Um, the fastest way to a hundred? Um, there's a lot of different answers to that question. I think you've got to find, here's what I tell everybody. If you can't sell and if you can't communicate, in my opinion, your income potential is severely limited, right. period. I happen to be a CEO of a large company that we built, right, with, you know, 12, 1,300 employees, et cetera, et cetera. But it, my first thought when I wake up was sales and marketing. My last one I went to bed was sales and marketing. Because that, uh, that ability to communicate pitch an idea, sell an idea, or sell a product or a service, both externally and internally, was the road to my success. Okay. People take a different, some people take a different road. I think if you look at some of the most successful people in any industry, in any vertical market, in any geography, I bet you they could sell ice to Eskimos. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you. Uh, everyone that I know, the same. Uh, there's, and there's plenty of famous people. There's Gary Vee, there's Grant Cardone. All these guys who I've had the fortune of meeting and talking to are sales and marketing guys in their heart, in their exactly. stomach, right? Uh, and, and they will be able to sell and convey an idea. So to answer your question, sorry to be long-winded there, um, you know, the reality is, is you gotta be able to sell and communicate a product or a service. There's a shortcut right now path to 100,000. Uh, this is gonna sound, 100,000 is easy. Really? You, oh yeah, you, you go the drop shipping route, you go the Amazon sales route. Okay. There's a lot of ways that you can go to do 100,000. Okay. The first million is the hardest. Got it. The first million's the okay, hardest. Okay, because usually I hear that the first 100K is the hardest. I, that's my, pers I, my perspective is I disagree. 100,000 is okay. easy. Okay. Um, and I don't even think that's, I'm not even jaded or biased when I say that. I really think that first 100K is really is really the easy part, wow. or, or relatively easy. Wow, okay. Uh, but it, no, a million's tough. And then, look, there's an expression, rich get richer. Mm. That's not just a slogan or an expression or a saying, it's fact. Because if you don't have money to put into opportunity, if you don't see an opportunity and you don't have the capital to, you know, exploit or take advantage of, or, you know, you, you, that's how you, that, people make their first million and then from a million to 10 million gets way easier because now you've got the capital and the resources Correct. to make other plays, Correct. make other investments, try other things, even if you fail, even if you screw up. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? You know, I'll put 100 here, I'll put 50,000 there, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that could turn into extra millions, you never know, right? But now you have the luxury and the ability to, to fund your own ideas or help invest and fund other people's ideas and that's the way you exponentially grow your wealth. But Sales is the quickest way, in my opinion, even if you're selling a product or a service for somebody else. Top sales people and sales executives will make more money than the CEOs of the companies they work for. Wow. Okay? And a lot of people don't understand wow. that. Everybody's like, I want to be the president. I want to be the CEO. Yeah. Do you realize the chief sales and marketing officer, the chief revenue officer, and the top producer in the organization and most organizations is actually making more money per year 
may not have as much equity, may not as, have as much stock in the company right. as the CEO, right. but on a year-over-year -year basis, their salary, commissions, bonuses, they're oftentimes taking home more than the CEO wow. or equal to what the CEO makes. Wow. Sales is the path to generating income and wealth, right. in my opinion. Whether you're selling cars, real estate, software, I don't care what it is. I mean, there's affiliate marketing, right? That's Exactly. That's literally what it is. That's what it is. Right. And that's, again, that's affiliate marketing, whether you're doing the drop shipping method, you're doing the Amazon stuff that a lot of people have made a lot of money on. Yeah. I mean, I know people making hundreds of grand a month. It's crazy. Distributing other people's products. It's crazy. Because TikTok just released something new called TikTok Shop. Right. And like, you know, people are becoming overnight millionaires by just posting one video. Correct. You know, and it's just mind-blowing to me why so many people make so many different excuses as to why they can't start their own business or yeah. you know what i mean they, they just make there's way, way too many people making way too many excuses well look you know the the from podcasts to youtube to TikTok to you name it you know the fact that you can monetize that is a whole new economy right. it's a whole new economy <laughs> that's what i call people right you know i've said this on another podcast there's you know, all these other platforms that get a bad rap that some of the females like to use, they make an unbelievable amount of money, mm -hmm. okay? So criticize it all you want, they're making tons of money. Right. Um, and then you go the affiliate marketing route, you go the drop shipping route, as I like to really call it, uh, where again, you're just drop shipping, facilitating, yep. you know, maybe- Don't touch the product. Don't touch the product, but maybe you're, here's where the value add is, and this is a free nugget, is you cultivate a brand of your own by you scouring the internet and all these other places, including Amazon, and pulling in the products that you feel are gonna be a value or of interest to your, your Correct. customer. Correct. So when I go to your page, and I go to Dylan's page, right? He's got these 10 cool things, I gotta have that. So you've curated this collection of stuff that I'm interested in. That's the value add you just provided. I may have never found those 10 things on Amazon. Exactly. I may have never even known they existed. Right. But you pulled them forward for me, I follow you, and now I'm clicking and buying that stuff. And like you said, you never touched the product. You didn't make it, you don't even distribute it. <laughs> yep. You're just taking a piece yep. and sending it on its way. So you know, a few things that I personally have as far as like product and service um, online, right. Right? I, don't, I don't touch it, it's literally just, it just generate revenue every day. Sorry, it's, we got a lot of helicopters. Right? Going over there. <laughs> it's a busy it's, night. Yeah, I hope the mics are, are doing it's a busy job, night. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, num is number one, I have my own ebook, right, that teaches people how to resell sneakers right. from the ground up. Um, I also do something similar to you where I have a mentorship program and I mentor people every single week and they pay me an X amount of dollars every month. And then I also offer a coaching call for anyone that would want to do something, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Right. So, you know, it's, it's great that you, that you mentioned that, you know what I mean? Because I feel like a lot of people, they, 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 they see that, but they're like, how can I execute it? Right? So for anyone that would want to do something like that, um, you know, how, how would they even get there in the first place? You know, look, it comes down to researching and preparing, and you got to find the lane that you're most interested in, the product, services, whatever, that you might be most interested. I'd love to give you an easy answer to that question. There isn't one because, you know, I think everybody's journey and everybody's path is going to be different there. Um, but you, and I always tell people, I don't care what it is, but you got to find the products or services that resonate with you. Do you know what I mean? Because right. if you're just trying to pass something along just to make just the buck. Because. Just because. It's, it's not going to have the legs you think it's going to. It's not going to yield the results you think it's going to. And then and now the excuses creep back in. Right. Oh, that didn't work. I mean, do, do you agree to leave money on the table? You know, especially if it's not right for you or your brand? Oh, 100%. I've walked away from bad deals. I've walked away from bad fits. I've walked away from bad situations. Right. Um, I ran a company for two years and we were doing very well. After I sold my company, I went into another uh, organization for a couple of years to help them turn around their business. Okay. And after two years, we were killing it. I did everything I went there to do, but I, I, and then I was done. It was no longer a good fit for me personally. So you, sometimes you gotta be willing. So there's a very, you're a little too young to remember this or know this guy maybe, but Guy Kawasaki. Uh, he okay. very famously worked for Apple back in its heyday in the 90s. Okay. 
and he became a motivational speaker and all this. And guy, if you Google guys, it's it's cool stuff. But he used to always say, you have to know when to blow out your candle and walk away. Is he related to Robert Kiyosaki? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. But that was his expression, is you got to know when to blow out the candle and walk away. Understood. And, and that was like, you just got to, you know, it's, you got to know when to get in, you got to know when to get out. Right. And, and he left Apple. Some people thought, why would you leave Apple now? Why would you? It doesn't make any sense, right? But it, for him, it wasn't a fit anymore. He walked away from, I'm sure, millions of dollars uh, that would have been his as he, had he continued his journey in Apple. But it, as I said, it was no longer a fit for him. So you, you got to, here's the thing. And I, wanna be, I don't want to get myself in trouble by saying this. Um, I'm not a fan of the younger generations. It's hard, so therefore, yeah, it sucks. So I don't, I don't want to hear that it's hard, so I don't want to do it. That's not what I'm talking about. Hard is necessary. Okay? Hard work is, is necessary because that's where you get to the other side. That's how you level up. Pain is a body's way of saying, I got to work harder. I got to walk past it. That's physical and it's mental. Um, so I don't like the work ethic of the younger generation. Yeah. Of the oh, it's hard. I feel triggered. I don't. Eh, right I, again. This is where I don't want to get myself in trouble. Maybe with some of your. I mean, your, this is that's yeah. awesome though. It's it's good that you're bringing that bring that yeah. up uh, that up though because you know, I mean, some of my family members, you know, they. They want to do something. They want to be rich, right. like yourself. What you what you just said. Yeah. But they don't want to put in the work. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. You know. Nobody unless unless your retirement plan is hitting the lotto, <laughs> uh, hitting the lottery, right? I don't I don't know how you're ever going to get there. And I watch so many people take shortcuts, the get rich quick schemes, the, all the stuff to try and get there. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You, you got to do the work. You got to put in the time. So again, I'm not I'm not talking about the it's hard, I don't want to do it. You know, you, you get you got to. You have to put in the time, you have to put in the energy, you have to put in the effort. Um, you gotta work through the pain, both again physically and mentally. Um, you know, I used to travel two weeks out of every four. I traveled hundreds of thousands of miles a year, um, many sleepless nights, you know, many, many days and weeks on the road, grinding. All everybody sees is their success. Nobody sees the work, right? Everyone's seen the meme about the iceberg, right? All they see is that tip. They never see all that stuff that went in underneath yep. it to Everyone get there. Everyone sees the glory. They don't see the story. They don't see the pain. They don't see the story. It's 100% yes, right. Yes, sir. It's 100% right. So if you don't mind me asking, at what age did you make your first million dollars? No, I don't mind you asking. Um, my first true, so liquid million or million in value in a business? Liquid million. Liquid million, I would say I was 32. Okay. 30, yeah, 30, 30, okay. if I'm being fair. Yeah. And, um, you know, before then, what businesses did you own? Uh, before then, I didn't own any businesses. Uh, I, was, I was working in other businesses. So I started my career with BMW of North America uh, a long time ago in the early 90s. Um, worked for them, learned a lot. Huge company. Huge, massive and beautiful and wonderful. <laughs> and shout out to BMW, I love BMW. They own a lot. They own a lot, <laughs> yeah. including Rolls-Royce, my yep. other favorite company. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but I learned a lot there. And then again, sales, marketing, sold product in the hospitality industry, the electronic semiconductor industry. And then I did partner in my late 20s uh, into a distribution company for in the in the tech sector, okay. we did the actual electronic components of semiconductors. I had friends that used to work for me at another business that broke off and started their own business in Europe. Wow. They were looking to start a division in the U.S. Uh, I partnered with them. I was the president and CEO of the U.S. company, and we built something really special over a few years. And then I liquidated. That's where I made my first seven-figure liquid cash. Okay. I, you know, I'd always made I'd always made good money. I was always ahead of the curve, because again, as a being in in the sales space, I was proud of the fact that I made as much, sometimes more than you know, executives that were way above me, including the CEO, Correct. because I was a grinder and I was a hustler and I got it done. Um, you know, and I don't know a lot of, you know, I don't know a lot of careers. Sales is one of them. I don't know a lot of other careers where candidly with little or no education but just the intelligence the drive the ambition the work ethic 
you can make hundreds of thousands, if not millions a year. Um, where you're not stuck in a retail job, you're not stuck in a food service job, um, where you could really make meaningful money to support yourself and a family. That's, that's a vehicle that sales is. And I think sales in general gets a bad rap. You know, um, people rank salespeople up there with like the IRS and, a, and, and <laughs> dentists, right? Because, and here's a true fact, and I teach this in my sales seminars, people love to buy stuff, nobody likes to be sold. So we're a very consumer-driven society, right. right? We consume a lot of product, but nobody likes to be sold stuff. Best example, and I don't want to get too off topic, I'm sorry. The best example is we walk into Best Buy, somebody walks up to you, can I help you? No, 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 I'm just looking. <laughs> yeah. You're there to buy something, yeah. right? But no, 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 I'm yeah. just looking. Yeah. Five minutes later, you're like, son of a bit, where? I can't find, right? And you just blew the guy off. Yeah. You sent them packing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But now you, need, now you need what you need and you need that sales representative, that right. salesperson. Right, it's very true though. But that's that knee jerk, hey, hey, don't sell me. Yeah. I'll come to you when I need you. Right, right. Don't sell me anything. Right. So that's that's just a weird. That's just who we are. It's just how we are as people. Um, but then that, that was again. So back to I transitioned into my own business with partners. Then and then I started doing more of those. Okay. So investing some of the money I made in some other businesses. Now I had stock. I had shares. I had equity because. Early in your career, you're working for other people, helping them, as you said earlier, generate their wealth, build their empire. Yeah, you're making decent money maybe along the way. Um, you know, I remember my first year, my fr not my first year, my first meaningful year was like, all right, now I'm into something. You know, I made three, four $400,000 that year as a salesperson, not as a senior executive, just as a salesperson. Wow. I'm like, hey, there's something here. There's money to be made. I knew there was money to be made, but you can make real money. Um, and, and then I obviously went and evolved and grew from there. But, you know, I, I get, that first million, as I said at the beginning, always the most important and hardest. Not the 100,000. Not the 100,000. I, I, and whoever, and I don't, I don't want to, pardon me, I don't want to shit on that and say, but um, you can get to 100K fairly easy. So, again, I would say that first million. But... Um, yeah, so late 20s, early 30s is when I found that groove. Um, you know, I, I didn't take the traditional path and not, I don't want to get too personal myself, but, um, you know, I, I, I married young, I married an individual that already had children. Um, so when my friends in their early, mid-20s were taking risks uh, and not worried about, they didn't care if they had to eat top ramen every day, you know, they didn't care if they slept on a couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I already had a family to support. Wow. I already had a family to provide so you for. Had to grind. I had to grind. I yeah. had to make money. Yep. And I did. The downside of that is, again, I didn't take some of the earlier risks that I did. So I believe, and I don't regret that relationship, that marriage, kids. I don't. That's not what I mean about what I'm about to say. But had I to do it differently, had I not done that. I would have made my first million in my early mid twenties. Wow! Guaranteed, wow. guaranteed. But everything happens for a reason. Every, everything and everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Exactly. So you know, I don't. I'm not mad at anybody for it. It is right. what it is. Part of my journey. Um, but I do. I tell people, young people like yourself, twenties, thirties. Now's the time. Grind it out. Take the risk. It's okay. Try, fail. So what? You got a long left end. And I love so Gary V says that he's got you know he speaks to these I love Gary V. He's, yeah, shout Gary, Gary. Shout, shout out to Gary. He <laughs> speaks to these twenty somethings. Mm -hmm. My daughter's twenty five, and they're like, "Oh my God, my life's over. I haven't figured." He's like, "Hey, baby, calm down. You haven't even started yet. What are you talking about? Your life's yeah. over. You haven't you haven't already made a million dollars. Stop, right. Right. stop. Right. But this is the problem. Not to sound like a grandpa, this is the problem with social media. This is the problem with some of this." sort of show me sort of society we now live in where everybody's Instagram, click, 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 right, exactly. whatever, exactly. is envy, and you'll hear this a lot, envy is the killer of joy. Mm. One million percent. Mm, I like that. One million percent. When you're, when you're already, you got a roof over your head, you got a car, you're doing okay, your bills are paid, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, but then you're looking at social media going, 
Yeah, but I don't have what that person has. That's very true. It kills your joy. Very, very true. Now, if you don't let it kill your joy, what you can use it as is motivation. There you go. Because there are levels to this shit. There you go. Okay? So even at, I've achieved a level of success that some people may never achieve, but there are people that have done so much more than me and will do so much more than me. I'm not jealous of those people. I go, I applaud them them and I want to be like, hey, let's talk. (laughs) What'd you do different? What did you do? Because you are, you know, you are the company you keep 100%, who you surround yourself with, who you surround yourself by. What you'll find is as you go through life, your circle starts out big and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. (laughs) And you get to a point where if you can count on one hand the number of people that are really, truly your friends, they're really, truly your ride or dies, Mm -hmm. that's usually what happens. Right, right. Every time. Very, very true. Yeah. Man, so, you know. I don't know uh, if I answered your question, I'm sorry. No, you did though, (laughs) that that, that was amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just from that clip alone, again, we we could provide so much value to the audience watching right now. And, uh, you know, that obviously this is what the podcast is for. So, you know, talking about everything that you've done, you know, to get to that first million, what do you think are the most important assets to have in your life? So a couple things. Um, and this probably all goes back to me saying you got to be able to sell, right? You, you've got it. Your communication skills are everything. Okay. And I worry for the younger folks because the communication style has changed so dramatically with social media, Snapchat, texting, that I know some very talented, smart young people that lack the ability to do this, Mm. to to speak, communicate, articulate what they're thinking without it being a bunch of emojis and hashtags. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Um, you have to, have to, have to be able to communicate and articulate your thoughts and your ideas. Got to. Whether it's about selling yourself or a product or a service. Again, I know I'm talking, selling is also about you being able to talk to me. Like you pitched me and you said, here's what I do, here's what I'm about. Right. I really want you to talk on my podcast. Right. If you weren't able to articulate that message, I would have been like, nice meeting you, Dylan. <laughs> See you, see you bye, yeah. right? We'll see you at the next. I'll see you at the next event, yeah. and that would have been the end of the conversation, correct, right? Correct. So, um, I give you kudos for that because you know not many people can can do that anymore, and it's really concerning to me if I'm being really really real. Um, so that having communication communication skills, huge, work ethic, everything, drive ambition. As you go through life, and I've talked about this a lot recently because I made my own mistakes in this area, the partner you choose in your life, spouse, partner, whatever, mm. is massively important. Okay. Get it right, and you can conquer the world. Get it wrong, you're in for a world of hurt. Okay. A world of hurt. And everybody, th- I'm not just talking about within the relationship or divorce or whatever. Yeah, of course that's part of it. Right. But what I'm talking about is you need, you need a partner who's truly going to support you the ambition, the journey, correct. Um, so that's what I, I mean, drive ambition. You can't teach that. I, when I used to hire my people that worked with me and for me, and by the way, I never like to say people worked for me, they worked with, okay? I don't, I'm a CEO, I don't care. I believe in servant leadership. Right, right. Uh, I, like I'm that. at the bottom of the pyramid, not the top of like the pyramid, that. okay? Yeah. I work for everybody else. My job is to provide them with the tools, the resources, the information, Hire good, talented, hardworking people, mm-hmm. and then get the hell out of their way yeah. and let them do the good work I just hired them to do, right? Correct. And help them figure out all the solutions to their problems. Correct. And, and for them to have critical path thinking, be able to solve problems, etc. But what I always looked for is I always looked for the attitude and the aptitude. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things I look for. Attitude and aptitude. Okay. You got to have the right attitude. I'm willing to learn. Teach me, coach. Show me. I don't believe I got it all figured out. I don't have all the answers, right? Mold me, teach me, show me, right? You got to have the right attitude. And then the aptitude is you got to at least have the basic raw skills, right? If you can't figure out how to work certain things or do certain things, I may not be able to help you, right? But if you have the attitude and the aptitude, I can teach you the rest. There you go. I can teach you the rest. And that's the way I approached it. 
and I approached people and I approached business. And that's how I built a culture in my businesses where people were really encouraged to succeed, really encouraged to take risks. I wanted people to have their eyes on my job. My job. Come for my job. Come take my seat. I'm not scared of you. (laughs) And you shouldn't be scared of me. You know, you want to encourage that environment of we're all going to learn, we're all going to be better, we're all going to grow. With teams, you play to people's strengths and you cover for their weaknesses. Mm. That's what good teams do. You might be good at certain things that I'm not and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Right? So you fill in gaps and voids that I have, I fill in gaps and voids that you might have. Right. That's how we build a better, more cohesive team. That, I don't care what industry, I don't care what you're doing. That's in your personal life, that's in your professional life. <laughs> Makes it all the difference in the world. That's huge, building a team. Building a team. You know, one of our good friends, Rich Robledo. Yeah. Um, Love Rich. He told me. Shout out, Rich. Yeah, shout out, Rich. My silverback buddy. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> he told me, you know, when, when we met up one of the first times, he told me, eliminate, delegate, and expand. Correct. You know, if you want to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, so it's, that's a skill that you either learn early or you don't. And when you don't, you, you experience things the hard way. You have to be able to know, again, what your strengths are. Take certain tasks on yourself. Be willing to delegate those other tasks because that's the only way you scale. Tell you a quick story to answer this question, maybe even a little bit better. The business that we ultimately built and sold, I had a a friend who was the original general manager, president of the business. Um, Loved the guy, but he was a bit of a control freak. Mm. Piss poor, the worst delegator I ever saw. Mm. Everything had to come to his desk. He had to be a part of every decision. He had to weigh, analyze, consider everything. And so a business decision that should have taken minutes, hours, or days wound up taking days, weeks, or months, which really slowed down the progress of the business, right? Mm -hmm. I instead was willing to surround myself with people that could do the jobs that I needed them to do. And I always always say, I hire you, I'm going to give you a rope. You're either going to swing from it and be successful, or you're going to hang yourself from it. If you hang yourself from it, it's okay. I'm going to dust you off. How'd that feel, right? Let's not do that again. And hopefully it's a learning opportunity. You don't make the mistake a second time. If I have to keep brushing you off and picking you up from your hanging yourself, you're probably not the right guy for the team. You're probably not the right guy for the organization, right? But I'm going to encourage you to swing and be successful. That's what Rich is talking about. Is is that ability to build those teams around you, delegate, or, or get rid of. And, and say, so I do the same thing. I talk to people a lot about managing your emails, managing your inbox, managing your texts. You got to do something with it, delegate it, or delete it. Same concept. Do, delegate, delete. It's the three Ds. Okay? That's critically important. Otherwise, you get overwhelmed. I look, at, I look down at some people's phones, right. right? And I see, you know, 200 unanswered emails, and I start to twitch, <laughs> right? Um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. Okay. Um, I need, need to be able to do delegate, right? What I, I got to clear my mind. That right. cluttered mind leads to cluttered results or worse, no results at all. I believe that. No results Especially at all. Especially like your space too. 100%. Cluttered space. So first thing though, there's a famous general, now admiral that says this, talks about, I don't know if you've ever seen the video, making your bed in the morning. Yeah. And why that simple right. act I sets, do that the, same exact thing. sets the tone for the rest of your entire right. day. I demand right. my daughter make their bed in the morning. I do that every morning. Yeah. I started doing that every morning yeah. for the past probably seven years now. And you know, after that, I head to the gym. And then after the gym, do what I gotta do as far as like eat, have a protein shake, and, yeah. then, and then get to the work. Yeah. So it's it's a discipline, it's a clearing of your mind, it's a focus on a task, then on to the next task, focus on the next task, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. People always ask successful business people, how do you get through a day? Mm. How do you answer all the calls? How do you answer all the emails? It's discipline. It's discipline. Most important word in business. You lack discipline, you will not be successful. If your discipline is only this much, you'll only achieve this much success. If your discipline is this much, you have an ability or an opportunity to get to, you know what I mean? It's, It's... there's a quantitative, qualitative relationship between your level of discipline and your level of success. Right. 
100% believe that. I love that, man. I love that. So, you know, what was the most amount of money that you made in a single year? Oh, geez. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Yeah, I don't know if I we can share that. Um, <laughs> let's you, you it, can just it, give like a figure amount. It's millions. Okay. It's millions. Okay. That, that's all I feel comfortable sharing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I respect that. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people will, will never even smell that type of amount of money. Fair. Right. What were, again, you, I, I know you, your, your big communication and sales. What were the, the what was the skill set and blueprint? Um, to lead you to making that much money in a single year? I mean, it's gonna sound repetitive again. It was just that ability to sell to, to so here's the thing. And, and maybe this is a good segue for us too. I, ideas are important. Preparation is critically important, which leads to success. But execution, execution, execution. That's been the key to my success. I am very proud of the fact that most of my friends, colleagues, whatever you want to call them in my business circles, they call me the GSD, mm. the get shit done guy. <laughs> I like that. GSD. I'm so proud of that moniker. I, I really like know, I really, really am. Like Nothing that. makes me smile bigger when somebody says, oh, you're the GSD guy. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the difference is people became to know, they started to know me as the, hey, if we want to get this project complete, we want to get this job done, we want to get this customer sold, give it to Peter. Peter will get it done. Peter's the get shit done guy. Um, that's, that's been the key to how I've made money, whether it was 100,000, whether it was a million, whether it was multiple millions. Um, you, know, you, you know, you make, you can make millions in, in, as you know, salary, bonus commissions, whatever, in business. Your, your equity that you take out of your business or whatever. The, the real real wealth, right, where people say, I had a liquidity event, I had an exit, I'm retired or I'm semi-retired. Mm -hmm. that's, that's when you build something and you sell it for hopefully lots and lots of money, right? Correct. That's every business person or entrepreneur's dream. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank God I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we worked really hard at it, right? And, and we were very successful in what we did. Not everybody's going to get that opportunity, right? So not, not only are they not going to ever see that kind of money in terms of their compensation on a year-to-year -year basis, but if you don't have equity in anything, if you don't own anything, right, you're never going to have that big payday, right. um, you know, unless you start investing yourself. Maybe it's not even in business. Maybe you start investing in real estate. Mm -hmm. Maybe you start investing in, uh, you know, uh, classic cars, what, you know, whatever you're interested in, whatever floats your boat. Right. Um, and then you're able to liquidate that and make a huge profit and put that money in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's, uh, look, here's, people don't realize that if you make even a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, you're in the top 1% of income earners in this country. Yep. The gap from making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to making millions or billions, but you're, you're still in that rarefied air, yeah. right? Um, you know, of people who just don't make that. Yeah. You know, who don't make that. Yeah. The, the re harsh reality is, you know, inflation, right? The way the world is, things are getting more expensive. People's incomes are not increasing proportionally to the level of cost mm -hmm. of houses and apartments and things. You know, making 250 grand a year isn't what it used to be. Right. Making $400,000 a year isn't what it used to be. Right. Making $500,000 a year isn't what it used to be. And I realize that some of your listeners, viewers, like, like, dude, I'm making 50 grand right now. I can't even imagine touching the, touching the, the yeah, the half a mills, the yeah. mills, right? Um, right? But look, this I know this is going to sound corny as F. It starts with a belief. Mm. The one thing I really tried hard to beat, not literally, <laughs> to beat out of the kids was, I don't ever want to hear you say I can't. That simple mind shift is so critically important. I can't, I can't. If, you, if you're telling yourself you can't, you won't. You won't do it. Yeah. You won't. Right. Period. I Full mean, stop. My mom told me at an early age, she, she goes, vivid imagination equals reality. Right. You know what I mean? If you put your mind to something, you can do it. Right. And I mean, that has got to right. be one of the most famous quotes that my mom has ever told me. So that I still live by to this day. Well, and I love that. And your mom deserves a lot of credit for that. Because not a lot of moms, and shout out to mom, 
Yes, I love moms. I love moms. <laughs> yeah, I love moms. Yeah. Um, most moms are not telling their kids that. Mm. Most moms today are telling you're special, you're important, you're my little darling, you're right. amazing. I don't want to go on this rant, but everybody's a winner. Participation trophy, blah blah blah. Gary, Gary, oh, that's, that's all. That's all bullshit. Yeah. And that has yeah. hurt a whole generation of kids. Right. I never let my kids go. Do, no, you lost. Mm -hmm. The score was ten to one. <laughs> you got your ass kicked. Yeah. Oh, but every no, you lost you hard. Lost. Yeah. You don't like how this feels? Do something about it. Right. Get better. Get better. Work harder. Because that's how we came up. There we go. Oh, you fell down. You hurt your knee. Get up. Exactly. Keep playing. Exactly. Not oh, let me take you out of the game, and now you're done. You're you're done playing soccer because I don't. I'm gonna wrap you in bubble wrap so you don't get hurt. <laughs> it's BS. Yeah. Let me tell you a quick story since we're here at the house of Rob. And again, okay. I want to thank Rob Report. Let's do it. They've been amazing hosts. But we love stories. So Paul, who's the editor in chief of Rob Report, okay. is here. I've had a lot of opportunity to talk to him and get to know him better. We were chatting yesterday, and, and I really shared something with him meaningful to me. And if you're not familiar with The Rob Report, it's a magazine that celebrates the best of everything. Mm. Best travel destinations, best restaurants, cars, yachts, boats, planes. Just, it's, it's the best of the best of the best. Okay. I've been reading Rob Report since I was a kid. Wow. Long before I could ever afford anything wow. the magazine represented or spoke about. Yeah. So I went through a period of my life, and I shared this with Paul, where Rob Report was aspirational to me. I read it as motivation. There we go. Someday I'm going to eat that. Someday I'm going to stay there, right? Someday I'm going to own that car. Someday I'm going to stay in that hotel in Monaco, right? Which is all the things that they profile and they talk about. Um, now it's a magazine that I look for inspiration in a different way. Well, where are we going to take our next holiday, right? Wow. What next restaurant do they recommend? Wow. So it's 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 different. Now a lot of people look that. a lot of people look at the Rob Report and go, oh, they're just selling this materialistic, you know, blah 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 right. lifestyle, right. right? Okay. I promise the person that says that will never make a million, will never have a million, right? Will never drive a car like that. And maybe they don't care, right? Right? In fairness, okay. Right. right. But it's all about what's important and what motivates you. Correct. But that mindset is everything. It's absolutely everything. You know, so you, you get the word can't out of your vocabulary. Believe you can do it. Read things like Rob Report. Read things like DuPont Registry, right, which is a collection of all the most expensive cars in the world, right? I used to sit on an airplane in coach looking through Rob Report and DuPont Registry, right? And now you're here. Going someday. <laughs> here comes my lovely wife. Wow. Um, uh, you know, someday going, I'm going to have those things. I'm going to own those things. I'm going to achieve those things. Um, it, and again, it was all motivation and inspiration. I'm a very visual person. Most guys are. Okay. Um, so I did, I did, I used to stick pictures of cars and things under my computer monitor and say, exactly. someday I'm going to have that. Someday I'm going to have that boat. I'm going to have that car. Right. And I've achieved every one of those goals. I love that. So what you do is you set new goals. I love that for you, man. You set new goals, <laughs> I love but that that's that's how you do it. But I mean, I'm 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 kind of the same way, right? I have, like, again, a big vision board of the houses I want to own, the cars I want to own. Right. Um, you know, I have a bunch of note cards stating I will live here, um, and it, it's, it's so specific. Right. Very very specific, and you know, a great example was. Two years ago, I, I wrote on a, on, a, on a note card saying, I will hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube there you go. by this time. Right. I didn't do it. I, I, you know, I didn't do it by 2022 like I, like I wrote okay. on the note card, but I did it in 2023. That's awesome. I did it, man. <laughs> well, but you, you didn't give up in 2022 because exactly. you didn't get there, right? Exactly. You had to keep grinding it out and you had to get there. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, you know... Um, you know, you, you're, you're, the, you're the GSD guy, but you're also the uh, the car guy. I am. Right? You want to talk a little bit about some oh, of the craziest geez. cars How much time we got? driven? <laughs> I mean, we got, we got like, we'll just say 10 minutes. Okay. Because, I mean, like, we're, we're flowing. Again, I, I, yeah. we just got to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, shout out my editor. They're probably going to put a bunch of, like, random cars on the, <laughs> right. on the screen. On the so screen right now. Let us yeah. know. What are, your, what are the craziest cars you've ever driven? We're going to have some fun within these next 10 minutes. Oh, wow. I, well, so I don't want this to sound 
<laughs> pardon me, douchey. Okay. I've driven pretty much everything. We know. So, know. <laughs> um, uh, Bugatti, Pagani. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been very fortunate to drive, you know, the hypercar ranks of cars. Um, I've driven the more, you know, I hate to say pedestrian stuff too, your regular production Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, etc. Okay. okay. Um, look, you know, when somebody says favorite car, most exciting, that's such a personal subjective thing. Right. Whatever you like. It's like wine, food, you know, somebody, my favorite wine might not be your favorite wine. It has nothing to do with dollar price or cost. True, true. We just like different things. Very true. Um, Give us like a top five. Your personal, your my personal. Per, okay, so I'm going to share my favorite cars. Okay. And, and, and some are just because of the car, others because of what the car represents mm. or the memories that I have associated with that car. I like that. That's respect. So the first car that I, that I'm going to say, and I, it was on, it was the car I had when my wife and I met, she's off camera here, mm -hmm. um, was a Lamborghini Aventador Roadster. Wow. Which, you know, it's, it's an expensive car. It's a $600,000 car. It's, everyone affectionately calls it sort of the Batmobile. Right, right. Um, it's a V12 monster of a car. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy car to drive or handle. It's got blind spots. It's got whatever. Yep. I happen to find it stunningly visually beautiful. Yeah. There is a lot of what I'd call theater with this car. Mm -hmm. The way it sounds, the way it looks, the presence it has, um, the reaction it gets when people see it. Right. When you pull up in that car. Right. People are like, oh, you know shit, you know, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what's up. Yeah. And even if you don't know cars, you know, okay, this yeah. is something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's got to be high up on the list because uh, it was also the car I had when she and I met, and we had a lot of fun in that car. These bugs are out of control. What the hell? We just got, we got, we just got swarmed. Uh, it's all right. We're out, we're out on a golf course. It happens. Um, but um, we rallied in that car. I put 10... Plus, almost 12,000 miles on that car. Wow. <laughs> Which for those of you, yeah, if, if you're not exotic car people, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's an insane amount of miles yeah. on a Lamborghini Aventador. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, yeah, I know, they're out of control. Um, so that's high up on the list. My favorite luxury brand of all time, period, Rolls Royce. Mm. Um, Always wanted one. It was one of those aspirational cars, aspirational brands. Um, someday I was like, I'm going to have a Rolls Royce. I'm going to drive a Rolls Royce, I'm gonna, whatever. So um, my first Rolls Royce was a Rolls Royce Wraith, mm. which is the two-door coupe version of okay. the Rolls Royce. Okay. Uh, bought that car of my buddies at Ogara Coach in Beverly Hills. When I was ready to buy my first Rolls Royce, new Rolls Royce, I wanted the whole Beverly Hills sort of experience. There you right? go. I like that. Stay at the Four Seasons. You got to do anything. Go, go take my go take delivery of my Rolls Royce right yeah. at uh, right. at Beverly Hills. So Rolls Royce, any Rolls Royce is at the top. That car is special to me because it was my first. Okay. I've since had a Dawn, the convertible. I've since had the Wraith, you know, the Wraith, the Ghost, all of them. But that car was way up there on the list. Um, wow. What else? Um, Three more. Three more, Peter. So this is, uh, and it's still in the collection. It's hidden away. Mm, when I was no. when I was yeah, when I was growing up, so I'm I'm old <laughs> by some people's standards. I don't think so. <laughs> You're not. I'm not. Um, the posters that were on my wall growing up as a kid: Ferrari Testarossa, mm. Lamborghini Countach, and Porsche 930 Turbo, the big whale tail Porsche 930 Beautiful. Turbo. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful cars. Uh, I've owned a 930 Turbo of that era, didn't keep it, didn't care for it, if I'm being honest, after I owned it. Okay. Never owned a Countach, uh, but one of my proudest purchases and cars that I love is I have one of nine factory, white on white, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre's, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ferrari Testarossa. Wow. And, wow. Um, yeah. There was, a, there was a brown Countach at the Encore. Yeah, there was. That one was beautiful, the newer one. Yeah. I love the Countach. Yeah. So the classic old 90s Countach was a man's man's car. It was impossible to drive. Visibility right. zero. Yeah. Clutch impossible. Yeah. A beast of a car. But to me, one of the most stunningly beautiful cars. When spec'd right and done right, people debate the spoiler, no spoiler, all that kind of stuff. But um, I absolutely love that car also. But the Tessarosa is up there. 
Uh, we bought that car from another collector in LA in Beverly Hills. Picked it up in Beverly Hills, drove it around LA a little bit. Yep. You know, blasting my '90s music. You know, <laughs> uh, made a whole playlist to go with it. You know, you Miami go. Vice, Phil Collins, there you, you know, go. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, what else is up there on the list? Um, wow. You can drive any car. No, and I've driven time. them all, and that's the thing is, is um, you know, and that sounds terrible, but you start. Um, I don't. Not that they lose their special, their special uniqueness to them, but um, you get to a point where you're like, I almost hate to say it, been there, done that. So I took a little break from my cars because, from cars in general, because it was like getting. Like every six months, four months, five, like a new car showing up, and it's like you don't you don't get to enjoy. You don't have yeah. that moment. It's like, yep. you know, oh, new car. Oh wait, here comes another new car, right? And then so you got to start it up just to maintain everything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Um, I really got into McLarens there for a little bit. Our McLaren 720S was a real special car. Uh, I think a car that's ahead of its time, had its issues, had its technical problems, etc. But an absolute UFO. Things a rocket ship. Speed um, Never had a speed tail. I've driven the speed tail. Very impressed by the speed tail. Um, so I've driven the Holy Trinity. If you're not familiar with the Holy Trinity, that's the Ferrari La Ferrari. Okay. That's the Porsche 918 Spider. Wow. And the McLaren P1. Wow. And I've driven all three. And they all three deserve to be considered. Jeez Louise. <laughs> uh, they all three deserve to be considered the Holy Trinity of cars. Right. So those would have to be in my top five, top ten because okay. of just the nature of okay. what they are. Okay. To be fair, I haven't owned any of them, wow. um, but I've driven them and I've enjoyed them. Except the Roadster. The Roadster I did have. That's right. correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's but that's absolutely the holy trinity of cars for sure. Um, so quick story with the few minutes we have left. I spent um, hours, more hours. They gave me a lot of time, and I enjoyed it very much. On Sunday after the Concours. I spent most of the day with Pininfarina. Wow. For those of you unaware, Pininfarina is a historic design house. Designed cars for Maserati, Ferrari for many, many, many years. Some of the most beautiful cars ever made. They, they penned, they designed. Um, they now, uh, Pininfarina's dream was always to make it its own car. Its contract with Ferrari ended a few years ago. Uh, so they were free to do whatever they wanted, design their own car, build their own car. They decided to go the electric EV route, and they've built an all-electric hypercar called the Batista. Um, and I got to drive it here in Vegas for several hours on Sunday. Uh, 1,900 horsepower. Wow. Zero to 60 in 1.5 seconds. That's crazy. Zero to 125 in four seconds, wow. uh, which I got to do. Wow. <laughs> uh, don't tell the Metro, because uh, we did it out on an open road. Okay. Um, fantastic car. Wow. Beautiful. It was designed by Pininfarina. They had, you know, the, the level of pressure on the design team of that car, given the historic nature of the design house that is Pininfarina, uh, good on them. Uh, I mean, they did a beautiful job. It's a beautiful car. Um, super fast, very drivable. You know, you hear 1,900 horsepower, all electric, you're like... How do you even drive that thing on the road? It's very drivable. Wow. A range of over 300 miles for an EV with that kind of performance is unbelievable. Yeah. So shout out to Pininfarina. That was a, a beautiful experience, beautiful car. Um, I'm not 100% I'm not sold on the EV platform. Right. I, like, I like to hear my car. I like the growl, I like the roar. Yep. I, like, I like the V8s, the V10s, yep. the V12s, yep. even the W16s that are in the Bugattis. You sound uh, like my dad, man. That's just that's my just dad's the same exact way. It's just music to my ears. Right. Music to my ears. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Yeah. Um, but but as EVs are coming far, mm. um, of the cars in that category, for example, the Remac, which Mate, I'm sorry, who's the CEO of Remac and Bugatti, the Pininfarina is a much prettier car. Right. Performance, I think they're on par. Uh, but I think aesthetically, as far as looking at a piece of art, which cars in my opinion, are. Yeah. The Pininfarina is a prettier car. A prettier car. So I'd, I'd add that from that perspective to the list because it's, it's new and it's exciting. Um, the Bugattis I love. I'd put any Bugatti on my list of cars because they're stunningly gorgeous. The craftsmanship that goes into them, 
but let's be real. We're talking about cars that are four, five, six million dollars. You know, um, so I don't care how much money you have. That's still a major expense, right? To put into a car, right? That most people buy and never even drive, right? They sit there looking as pretty as they are. I buy cars to drive them and enjoy them. So, you know, my cars, not just from a financial perspective, have always been, you know, I, I, I set an arbitrary limit for myself. I said, this is the most I'm willing to spend okay. on a car, generally That's speaking, because I'm going to drive it. I'm going to yeah. enjoy it. So, so no, no, uh, no Bugattis. No Bugattis in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it just, and again, it's just because, again, um, it's just, it, you know, well, and that's not, and I actually say no Bugattis in the garage. Um, I'm partnered with a business here, and there's a super sport in the garage. So we, I, by way of that, I kind of have a part of that, if you will. I can't say much more than that. Okay. Um, but uh, so I've, I've been able to enjoy the cars from that perspective without, you know, just going out and saying, I'm going to go buy a bunch of Bugattis, right? Yeah. Um, and I have a friend that has the, one of the largest Bugatti collections in the world. Has he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and his collection's amazing, and I, and you know, I envy it not in the sense of jealousy. I, I'm like, that's just an amazing collection of cars, um, and, and I love, I love him, and I love his collection and what he's built and what he's doing. Right. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, a Bugatti ranges from like one to four million plus. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and you know, a million dollar Bugatti is an old Veyron that's been beat to hell. The new Bugattis are four to six million. Four to six million. E e easy and it depends on how you spec it obviously of course but right. uh, amazing cars amazing works of art right. I've, I've had an incredible car journey I've bought six Porsches in three months I've I've done some crazy ridiculous things right I remember uh, you telling me that yeah um, that probably bordered on insanity right you know <laughs> I always say there's the more money than brains club yeah. we got two helicopters oh man okay <laughs> but, wow let's see I know <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, I tried not to be the, I joke, I said there's the more money than brains club. Okay. I've fallen victim to that once or twice, or three or five times, uh, but I try not to generally. Try not okay. to generally. So, since I'm the sneaker guy, yeah. real quick, top five sneakers that you own right now. Oh my God. You, you love sneakers, you love You're going to put me on the spot like that. We got to do the sneakers because I'm the sneaker guy so we gotta, we gotta um, top five uh, top five sneakers I know you have some PE some Oregon PEs I have some Oregon stuff, PEs right? that would probably be up there tops um, top five Great. I'd say the Oregons uh, god all, all my off-white Travis Scott stuff I love and I wear and I enjoy like my cars I don't have garage queens my sneakers I wear them yep. <laughs> I wear them now the Oregon PEs I don't wear uh, if I'm being I've, I've, they? I've worn them um I should be able to answer that question better. I can't. I'm sorry. Jordan Four. Jordan Fours. Yes. Okay. Yes. The, okay. The green ones, of course. But you know. <laughs> he said the green. Ones. The green ones. The Oregon's. Um, yeah. I've worn them. I just don't wear them. There's a difference. And you know what I mean. I've yeah. worn them to an event, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But all my other stuff, my off whites, my Travises, I I wear. Mm. Wear. Mm. I get them dirty. I clean them. I wear them. Yeah. Get them dirty. But I wear them. Um, you got to. Yeah, you know, I, w I went through, and not to get, I went through a Yeezy absolute phase where really? I have every colorway. I have every colorway of Yeezy. Um, Even the Nike Yeezys? Uh, no. No Nike Yeezys? No Nike Yeezys. All Adidas? All Adidas. They're so comfy. They're, they're, I just love putting them on my foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why. And I'm like, well, shit, they got a blue one now. They got a black one. <laughs> yeah. I got, so I bought them all. Yeah. I bought them all. I bought <laughs> every one of them. I got a zebra, go. the, all the zebras. I've got all the... I've got the pirates. I've I've got them all. Yeah. I've got them all. Um, literally, I, you know, our mutual guy, you know, J.C. Lopez. Uh, shout out to Jay. Yes, um, I mean, he was like, dude, you got more Yeezys than I do. <laughs> uh, I mean, I did. I bought every colorway there was. Man, there is. I did. I did. I did. So yeah. Um, no, my. I'm not. So I went through a phase where I really thought I was going to be a serious collector. Mm. So then I was looking for guidance from Jay and other people like, what should you get? What should I buy? What should I put in the collection? Yep. And then I was like, and candidly, I was just like, F it. I want to buy, I'm just going to buy what I like. Yeah. I'm going to buy what I want to wear. I want to buy what sneaker and what colorway speaks to me. Yep. I don't care if it goes up 300 or down 300. Yep. Yep. You know, what am I going to, what, what do I like? Yeah. You know, the new, 
you know, there's the Palominos, the new Palominos, yeah. you know. They're, they're not going to be a $1,000 shoe. Exactly. I don't care. Exactly. I like them. Yeah, the brown ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, I think you say, like, you know, everybody's got pandas now. Everybody's got this. I've got, got you know. <laughs> but you got to have them. You got to have them. You got to yeah, have them. You can wear them with anything. You can wear yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. No, I think Nike still continues to kill the game 100%. But, um, yeah, that's my, I, I, I really, and Blake will tell you this too, I thought I was going to turn a corner and go full hype beast. <laughs> like just go, just go nuts, right? Oh man! Um, and I and I reined I reined it in. Yeah. Uh, I reined it in. Man. I got myself under control. <laughs> I, I can only imagine you with like a huge like off white hoodie and like this, you know, the the blue UNC off white. Uh, and I got all I got everything you just said. I have. Yeah. I have. I have the yeah. off white matching hoodie. Yeah. I have the UNCs. I have the lows, the highs. I yeah. got the dunks. Yeah. I got the lobsters. I, I I mean I got all the stuff that I think. I don't want to say you should have, yeah, but yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. And I, but again, and I wear them and I put them on my foot and I enjoy them. Um, Jay bought me for a birthday one year. He bought me the Strange Loves. There you go. Um, love those. There you go. Different, offbeat. Not a, not an everyday sneaker. Right. Um, but I love those. When's your birthday? June. June 10th. June, June yeah. 10th? Yeah. My dad's is uh, June 13th. So he's a Gemini too. Gemini, yes sir. We're yes, the sir. best. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Mine's October 15th. So. Okay. Uh, you just keep that. You well, keep happy that belated mind. birthday. Your birthday was close to <laughs> yes, mine. Sir. Okay, October 15, June 10. We got yes, it. Sir. Yes, sir. We got it. Man, I hope you had a great time on the podcast. Loved it, bro. It was a, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank man. you. And, uh, you know, to all the listeners watching, I, I bet they're, they're going to get a lot of nuggets and get a lot of value off of this episode right here. So I hope so. Man, thank you so much once again, man. My pleasure, Don. Yes, sir. Yes, Thanks, sir. Thanks, buddy. For everyone watching right now, please make sure you guys go like, comment, subscribe, listen to the Don't Sleep podcast on all platforms. Till next time, we'll see y'all soon. We'll love y'all so much. And always remember, don't sleep. We got the heat. Yes, sir. There we go.